Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fantasy Law Guy podcast. I'm Nick Garisco at Fantasy Law Guy. Today's episode, betting player props for the NFL draft. Hakeem dropped the ball! Hakeem dropped the ball! He did what? Playoffs? What are talking about? Playoffs? Who the hell is Mel Kiper? They are who we thought they were. Hello and welcome everyone to part four of this podcast series about mocking the first round of the NFL draft. Today's episode will center around betting the NFL draft, which I know a lot of people are really, really excited for, especially in Louisiana where this is now legal. And specifically, we're going to talk about player props. And this is where the sports book will provide a line, aka a number, aka a prop, and you have to bet on whether the player goes under or gets drafted under, as in before that pick, or over, as in after that pick. And as a reminder, my mock draft is available and updated daily on FantasyLawGuy.com. And the beauty of my mock draft here is that it is an evolving document, which will really, really help for making these types of draft bets. So unlike other experts, I am not getting paid for this. So this, well, I mean, I wish I was, but I'm not. So this kind of gives me flexibility to do something they can't though, which is constantly make updates to my mock every single day based on new information that I'm reading reading and receiving all the time without having to post an entirely different mock and make a whole ordeal about it. So my mock draft is the most accurate representation of what's going on within the industry from a time perspective of mocking the NFL draft. And if I don't say so myself, of course, it's also one of the most accurate resources and mock drafts you can use. My mock draft has ranked in the top six among expert mocks for each of the last three years in a row, according to the NFL Mock Draft Database.com, including finishing second out of over 1,300 graded expert mocks last year in terms of accuracy. I hit on 13 player and team matches, and I had one additional correctly slotted player, so right pick, wrong team. And you will notice on fantasylawguy.com in my mock draft, you'll notice that I'm just starting to write the explanations for each pick. The players and the shortlist are already there, but I'm going to finish the explanations over the weekend so you'll be able to use my mock draft to bet the draft by looking at who I have on the short list and reading the explanations for each pick and last year the short list in particular were extremely accurate of the 32 picks in the first round of the draft I had the correct drafted players name listed on the short list for 28 of 32 teams so there's only four picks where it was, if you read my mock, it was totally like a shocking surprise. The Saints were one of them, by the way, with Peyton Turner. But you can use my mock draft to your advantage on making a bet. But don't just look at where I have each player mocked on the surface and say, oh, well, you know, Nick has wide receiver Chris Alave 16 in his mock and his over-under player prop is 17.5. So I'm not betting that. That's a little close. No, your success will come if you dig in and read the context or the content before putting money on the line. Because mocking the draft is actually very different 
than betting the draft. I'm doing a different exercise when you read my mock and trying to get the most picks correct. There's a lot of strategy that goes into mocking where my goal when I'm doing this mock draft is to hit on as many picks as possible, to make my mock draft as accurate as possible. So where I place players in my mock is very strategic and it doesn't always align with the best betting decision. And I'm going to give you an example of why in a second. But it's the analogy here is that mocking the draft is similar to ranking fantasy football players based on total points scored and ranking fantasy football players like for your fantasy draft. It's two completely different things. And there can be a correlation there, but the process and the strategy is completely different. So for example, if you notice Chris Alave's player prop is pick 17.5. And you notice that Alave, he's six, going 16th in my mock. So again, you may look at that on the surface and be like, oh, I don't want to bet that. It's too tight. But if you do more research and read my mock more closely, you'll notice that Alave is on the short list for the Jets at 10, the Washington Commanders at 11, the Houston Texans at 13, the Eagles at 15, the Saints at 16, and the Chargers at 17. Alave is a possible pick, that means, in my opinion, for all of those teams prior to his player prop at 17 at 17.5. And when I have the explanations up, you will see that I think the Saints and the Washington Commanders at 11, for example, are going to be extremely high on Alave, and he'll be under strong consideration for the pick at both 11 and 16. So at that point, it's like a totally different ball game. It's a totally different bet. You read that and have a totally different opinion on whether you want to make that bet. You read all that and you say, well, well, he could be drafted at 10, 11, 13, 15, 16, and 17. Those are all before 17.5. So yeah, let's bet that. And spoiler alert, I already have. So when I finish writing these explanations, then you'll really be able to, to go to the mock draft and see my best guesses and percentages for players going to each pick. Because we are still eight days out. We're still a little early to be making these bets, but most of all of this content will be up by the end of the weekend. And again, I'll constantly be updating during the draft week. So all of this is to say that my mock draft is an extremely valuable resource for betting the draft, uh, more so than other mocks, which are kind of stagnant and they have to post a whole new mock. Uh, Mine is evolving and ever-changing all the time. So you can use the content on it to make your own wagers, or you can listen to this, just listen to this podcast and make the bets that I'm making. And that's what this listen will be about today. And another thing I want to say is that there are thousands of different bets that you can make on the draft, which is awesome because the draft is still kind of a niche event. And that's important because I always tell people the best way to win money against Vegas, against the sports books over time is to find a niche sport or event and become an expert at it because the books aren't devoting the resources to tennis and soccer or hockey or women's basketball that they are devoting to the NFL and NBA because that's what most people bet. And I think I know that the the NFL pretty well, but I would never even pretend that I could bet spreads and win money over time. The lines are just too sharp. But with a niche sport like or event like the NFL draft, I've been able to make money every year because there's just a greater edge. Because I feel that I am just as sharp, if not sharper, at predicting the first round of the NFL draft as the people coming up with the lines for the books or the public moving the money on these lines. And that all being said, I will caveat all this by stating that I truly have observed the market, the sports books, they're getting a lot smarter every year. Like five years ago, even the over-under props for players were just so ridiculous and 
inaccurate. And, and the more and more states that legalize sports betting and the more convenient it is to make these bets on your phone, the more access people are having, then the more resources are being devoted to making sure the books are winning money against you on events like the NFL draft. And this year, again, I've noticed that the lines are even sharper than last year. Every year, I think that, you know, Vegas and the sportsbooks get a little bit smarter. Now, I still think that I have an edge, but this is not like the free money, you know, print fest that it used to be in the past. And overall, I've been pretty impressed with the lines. So this is to say that, you know, be smart, be responsible with your money. Don't mortgage your home or bet over your limit. And note that I'm only putting down, even I am only putting down relatively small wagers on these things. Uh, and, and transparency is key here. So I'm not going to advise you uh, to bet certain things or certain amounts. I'm simply going to tell you exactly what I'm betting. And you can kind of make your own decisions based off my decisions if you choose. And also note that these sports books are constantly changing these bets based on new information they're gathering every day all the time like I am. So the, all these props and lines and numbers I've been using uh, that I'm going to use in this podcast today that were available at the time of recording, which is Wednesday afternoon, April 20th. If you listen to that, by the time you listen to this and notice that the lines are changed and the bet isn't available anymore, well, that's because these sports books are getting new information as well. And in fact, because I can't, I know I can't possibly go over every single bet made available to every single sports book, what I've been doing prior to this podcast is kind of charting lines and player pops from the four major sports books, or I shouldn't say the four major sports books, but four ones that I've downloaded so I can get the most favorable odds and payouts for each bet. DraftKings, BetMGM, Barstool, and Caesars. I wanted to do FanDuel, actually, but their bets are not showing up for me for some reasons. And Caesars, even as I'm researching for this podcast today, so I can give you all the most favorable lines, Caesars was up last night when I was recording all these player props down, but now they're just not up anymore for me today. Only like three or four player props are up now. But I will work on that. I'm sure more will be available. More lines will be available as the draft gets closer. But it's very important to shop between books for the most favorable lines. I really cannot emphasize that enough. I do that before every single bet I make, unless, of course, it's extremely time sensitive and I'm like rushing to hammer a bet that I feel is going to be taken down any moment. But the line shopping is essential for maximizing profit. And as the as the draft gets closer, more and more sites will have player props and I'll be able to do that even more so than I am today. But today, the focus is on uh, the the player props that I'm getting are from DraftKings, BetMGM, and Barstool because those are the ones that I have accurate lines for because, again, Caesars and FanDuel were not cooperating at the time of this recording. So let's dive in. All right, we'll start off with the player props for the quarterbacks in the draft. DraftKings, BetMGM, they have a player prop for Kenny Pickett. The line is 12.5, and there's not a lot of juice on the over or under. What I mean by that is if you place like a $100 bet, for example, you're going to get around $100 back. But the prop for Kenny Pickett is the same on both DraftKings and BetMGM. It's 12.5, and Malik Willis is 10.5. And the conversation around the quarterbacks, or the top two quarterbacks in the class, kind of centers around the Carolina Panthers, who are picking sixth overall. The Panthers have been linked to both Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and pretty much every quarterback in the draft because they've really done extensive homework. They desperately need a quarterback. There are extra links to Kenny Pickett. The owner for the Panthers, David Tepper, he's a Pitt alum. That's where Kenny Pickett played quarterback at. And 
Matt Rule, the head coach of the Panthers, uh, recruited Pickett way back in the day. So there are some connections there. However, Matt Rule is on the hot seat. And how much are the Panthers really going to listen to his say? I'm sure Matt Rule would want to draft Kenny Pickett because I think Kenny Pickett, they view Kenny Pickett as the most pro-ready player to play. And Matt Rule wants to save his job with a good season. But the owner for the Panthers has really been aggressive in the quarterback market. He tried to get Matt Stafford, tried. They were in on trying to get Deshaun Watson. They inquired about Kirk Cousins. I could see the owner wanting to make more of a bigger splash at quarterback and going maybe somebody like Malik Willis, who's more of a developmental quarterback, might need a year, a redshirt year before he can really reach a lot of potential in the NFL. Malik Willis is, is a great athlete for the position, but he played at a small school of Liberty, so he isn't seen as quite as ready to play now as Pickett, but Willis unquestionably has more upside in the future. So all of this is to say that the Panthers may take a quarterback at six. They may also take an offensive tackle. I think it's about 50-50 on whether they take one of the big three tackles in the draft that is Evan Neal, Iki Kwanwu, or Charles Cross, or whether they go Pickett or Willis. And if they do go with quarterback, there are reports that the Panthers are trying to trade down to do so. Now, how far are they going to trade down? Uh, they're going to want to recoup at least a second or third round pick because they don't have one of those this year. Um, they're going to want to do that. So are they going to move down? Just because you never know if the team like the Steelers, who have shown a lot of interest in Malik Willis, are going to move up. And I think that they will, but I don't know if they're going to move up ahead of 10.5. So these the two quarterback lines, 12.5 for Pickett and, and 10.5 for Willis, those are not bets that I'm really touching right now. Desmond Ritter, at his his line is 28.5. I'm a little more interested in that, but it's not one that I'm making a bet right now. Ritter was seen as a first round pick for a long time, but I'm just struggling to find a team that really loves him. I think a lot of teams might have first round grades on him, and I think a lot of teams will like Ritter, but there's just not a lot of teams in the 20s. Really, there's arguably no team in the 20s that really needs a quarterback. And the teens seems a little lofty for Desmond Ritter, especially when Willis and Pickett are likely going to go either in the top 10 or in the teens. And also, there's a lot of buzz about Matt Corral right now, Ole Miss quarterback. So you can make the argument that, oh, well, a team might trade back into the first round and take a quarterback. Well, the line here is 28.5. So not only do they have to trade back into the first round, and they may do so to get that fifth-year option, but they have to trade ahead of 28.5. And even if they do so, I bring Corral up because they might be doing it for Corral, not Ritter. So in summary, I would, if I had to bet, I would lean towards the under on Ritter. I have no idea, by the way. I'm not even going to give my opinion on Pickett or Willis going over or under 12.5 and 10.5. I am going to give my opinion on Ritter. While I used to be leaning under the 28.5 and I have throughout the mock drafting process like March and April, now I would pro- if I had to make this bet, I would probably bet the over as in he's going to be drafted after pick 28.5 for Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati. But again, this is not a bet that I I'm making personally, so I'm not going to advise it. Let's move on to the wide receivers, which is Garrett Wilson. He has the highest player prop at 10.5, pick 10.5, and there's heavy juice on the under there, which means that you have to bet more on the under, or in other words, you would win less money 
If you put $100 on the under and $100 on the over, you would win less money if the under hit. So that's what I mean there. But Garrett Wilson, 10.5. I think the earliest that Wilson could be drafted is by the Falcons at eight. And I could really easily see that. The Falcons desperately need a wide receiver. Their, their starting three wide receivers right now are honestly laughable. At the same time, they did use a pick on a pass catcher last year in Kyle Pitts at fourth overall. And they desperately need a pass rusher as well. The Atlanta Falcons were last in sacks by, I think, over 10 sacks, which is pretty crazy. Um, they were also last in, in quarterback hits and pressures. So the Atlanta Falcons, desperate for wide receiver, desperate for pass rushers there. So I would say Garrett Wilson's ceiling is Atlanta at 8. And here the line is 10.5. I don't really see Seattle at 9 taking a wide receiver. And, but the Jets at 10 could definitely take Garrett Wilson. Like that is definitely a possibility. So could the Washington Commanders at 11. And absolutely, I would say Wilson's floor would be the Saints at 16 with the Texans at 13 and the Eagles at 15 also interested. So to me, this 10.5 line is pretty accurate. I'm not going to be really messing in this one for Garrett Wilson right now. Uh, for Drake London, this one, this is one that I have bet. The player prop right now is 10.5. It's the same as Garrett Wilson. I think that Wilson will be drafted over London. And the same teams that I mentioned for Wilson kind of apply to London and a lot of these receivers that I'm going to mention. I think the highest that London could be drafted is by the Atlanta Falcons at 8. And I think that London's in play for the Jets at 10. Right now in my mock, I have him going to the Philadelphia Eagles at 15. But I think that Drake London is going to get drafted lower, as in later than people think. I think that the fact that Drake London did not run the 40, and sometimes the 40-yard dash is overrated, but he refused to participate twice. He said it was because he's not fully recovered from an injury. That doesn't exactly help a straight-off sack either way. But I think teams really wanted to see Drake London run because it's quite possible that he runs like a 4.6 or a 4.740. I mean, honestly, Drake London is somebody that I think teams are concerned about his speed, even though he does so many other things really well. And that could deter a team like the Jets uh, at 10, who typically draft on athletic traits from drafting someone like Drake London when they want to see more athleticism that has been tested. And while I mentioned the Washington Commanders as somebody who would be in on Garrett Wilson, I don't really see them in on Drake London because Ron Rivera went to the Pro Day, the OSU Pro Day, and personally tried to scout Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave, the other OSU wide receiver that's going to go in round one. And it seems like there's way more interest for one of those two receivers, the Ohio State receivers, going to the Washington Commanders at 11 than there is for London. And I know that that really doesn't matter because it kind of proves my point because Washington picks 11 and the line is 10.5. It's kind of just an example of how London is more of a polarizing prospect and how this could become that that Washington could become relevant because I think that this line or this player prop is going to be pushed down a little. I think by the end of this week or going into next week, it's going to be closer to 12.5. Again, I see the Eagles around pick 15. I see that more of London's area of where he's going to be drafted. So to me, this line at 10.5, or this prop, excuse me, at 10.5 means that either the Falcons have to take him at 8 or the Jets have to take him at 10. And I just, I could easily see the Jets doing it. 
And I wouldn't be stunned if the Falcons did it, but I also think that the Jets are in on Garrett Wilson. I think that they like Chris Olave a lot, and I think the Falcons probably like Wilson more than London. So this is a bet that I have bet $20 on, nothing substantial, on the over uh, 10.5 for Drake London, a.k.a. he's being drafted after pick 10.5. So moving on to Jamison Williams, a lot of the same analysis here. Jamison Williams coming off an ACL tear. So some teams may be weary of drafting a player who may miss some of the some of his rookie season. So you're going to need to find a team that is okay with that timeline. A team that thinks that w- w- Jamison Williams is the best receiver in the draft, like they have him as receiver one, and they're okay with him missing his the first year. So I think a, a team like the Jets makes a lot of sense. They have Corey Davis there, who they can easily cut after this season because almost all the guaranteed money uh, portion of his contract is over with by the end of this year. And they also have Elijah Moore to hold them over, who they picked in the second round last year. They also have Braxton Berrios in the slot, who they extended. They also just signed two tight ends that can both catch the football, C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin. And that can kind of hold them over year, over this year while Jamison Williams kind of re- recovers fully from that ACL injury. Everything I've heard about Jamison Williams that is going to go higher than this player prop, which is 14.5. In fact, on Caesars, last time I checked, last time I was available, Jamison Williams' player prop is 11.5. So you see the discrepancy there. And that's another perfect example of why you should be line shopping here. The Caesars, as far as I know, took it down. But on DraftKings 14.5, if you're using that prop, I would bet that Jamison Williams gets picked earlier than 14.5. I think the Jets are options. I think the Falcons are options. But it's not one that I'm totally comfortable betting myself personally. That's just where I would bet if I had to. And there's a difference, of course, between you know me saying that this is what I would bet and me actually betting on it. I want, I personally would rather y'all be betting stuff that I'm betting. So I have not only the accountability for, but also so you don't come back to me and say, oh, you know, Nick told me to bet this. Well, no, I said what I would bet, but if I'm not actually betting it myself, my confidence level isn't obviously high enough to place my own money on it, then you may not want to just go free bird and just be betting on, you know, recommendation. I think you need to be listening to where, you know, me putting my money where my mouth is literally and, you know, making the bets based on the bets that I'm confident enough in to actually put my own money in, which so far, the only one that I have bet is $20 on Drake London being drafted after pick 10.5. But this next one, Chris Alave, is one that I have placed $50 on, which has been my biggest bet so far in, in the draft. And his prop on DraftKings and on Caesars last time I sat is 17.5. And I kind of discussed why I think Alave is going to go prior to pick 17.5 in, in the intro to this episode. But essentially, there's just a lot of teams who are really, really interested in Alave. Now, I don't think Alave is going to be taken by the Falcons at pick eight. I think that the, if the Falcons do take a receiver at pick eight, it's going to be either London or Garrett Wilson. But I absolutely believe Alave is going to be a target by the New York Jets at pick 10, along with Wilson and London, of course, and Jamison Williams, I should say. 
But I also, I, by the way, I have Jameson Williams going pick 10 to the Jets in my mock. And I have Alave going 16 to the Saints. But there are just so many other teams that pick prior to 17.5, like the Washington Commanders, who I think are really, really interested in Chris Alave. Like, I definitely could foresee him being the pick, like, for sure. In fact, I'm pretty sure that the Washington Commander is going to either take one of four players, and it's Alave, Garrett Wilson, the other receiver uh, from Ohio State, uh, Derek Stingley, if he's available, he might not be, or Kyle Hamilton. I'm kind of narrowed down to those four players on the Commanders, but there's a 25% chance I, th- percent chance I think that they take Alave at 11. And if they don't, Alave could go to the receiver needy Texans at 13. He could also go to the Eagles at 15. And I definitely think he could go to the Saints. If I had to pick two favorites for Alave right now, it would be, or I would say the top three favorites for Alave right now out of the whole draft are probably the Commanders at one and they pick 11, the Saints at two, they pick 16, and the Jets at three, they pick uh, at 10. And all of those are prior to Alave's draft prop, which is 17.5. So even though the juice is on the under, I've put $50 to win. I think it was like $35 on Chris Alave going prior to um, pick 17.5. So the next one will be Traylon Burks. And here's another one that I've put a bet on. I've personally bet $20 on Traylon Burks going prior to or before the prop of 23.5. All of those receivers, all of those teams that I just need, named need receivers. Now, the most realistic teams that I think could get Traylon Burks are probably the Eagles at 15, maybe the Saints at 16, the Chargers at 17. That's going to be, that's a big one. But the Eagles also pick again at 18 and the Saints pick again at 19. So you're actually doubling the chances there for one of them if they haven't picked a receiver to get Traylon Burks there. But the key to this bet is actually the Green Bay Packers at 22. And this player props at 23.5. So the Green Bay Packers, as we know, desperately need a wide receiver. And they have two picks in this draft, but the Packers might even move up for a wide receiver. It might even be Traylon Burks. So the Cowboys also are really high on Traylon Burks, and they may move up and trade up for Traylon Burks. I think Burks' range is kind of around uh, 15 to, I would say, 22. And here we have this prop at 23.5. So yes, I've put $20 on the under. It's at minus 120 right now. So I'll probably win like $16 if this comes to fruition. Uh, next wide receiver is Jahan Dotson. The player prop on him on DraftKings is 31.5. This is not one that I'm personally betting on because I really don't know of a lot of teams that are really, I think a lot of teams like Jahan Dotson, but I'm not sure any that really, really like him. I think he could go, I'm just going to list off a couple of teams. Like if he does go under 31.5, I think it could be to the Cardinals at 23. I think it could be to the Titans at 26. The Titans actually went to his pro day, the Penn State pro day at least. I think it could be the Pack. I don't know. I really don't want to say the Packers. He really doesn't fit the type of receiver that they typically draft. But the Chiefs picking at 29 and 30 for sure could take either one of those picks. Obviously could take Jahan Dotson to replace Tyreek Hill. So there are several teams that could take Dotson, but I'm not really confident about any of them. So Dotson could slip into the second round. So this is just not one that I'm betting on right now. And then the last receiver line that I see 
deal in there is George Pickens. And he is somebody I have had mocked in my first round for a while. I think he's the type of player athletically that tends to go in the first round, even though he's more of a project. And there are a lot of wide receiver needy teams in the first round, as I just mentioned. The ones that I'm focused on, though, for Pickens right now are the Packers at 28 and the Chiefs at 29 and 30. I think that there's a more than, I don't know, I want to say more than 40% chance that he's probably going to be drafted in that range between 28 eight and 30. Those teams really like them a lot. And he really fits what both of those teams kind of want in a positional need there. So to me, I think George Pickens is going to go in the first round and certainly above, I don't want to say certainly, but I also think that he's going to be picked ahead of or prior to 36.5, which is the current draft pot right now. So I have bet $10 on the under for that draft prop. He's going to be picked before 36.5. So let's move over to the defensive lineman. Actually, let's do offensive lineman first and knock out offense uh, because there are no running back props uh, that I'm betting right now or tight ends. Uh, There's not really expected to be a tight end or running back be picked in round one. Maybe a running back, but not a tight end. Um, Evan Neal, offensive tackle. His, I'm not touching this one because this player, this draft prop has gone, has been falling. Evan Neal was kind of my favorite to be picked of the Texans at pick three overall. But now the favorite seems to be Iki Ikwanwu, the other tackle. And it seems like Evan Neal's chances of being a top pick top five pick, excuse me, are decreasing. So I'm not exactly sure where Evan Neal is going to end up. He could go to the Texans at three. If I had to bet this, I would say over 5.5. But again, the Giants pick at five and they are a really offensive tackle needy team. So we could, even if Evan Neal isn't taken by the Texans, which he very well could be. In fact, I would think the chances are likely that the Texans go either Icky or Evan Neal. But even if he's not taken by the Texans at three, you could easily see the Giants taking Evan Neal at pick five. Now, there's also an argument that the Giants will pass on uh, Evan Neal for Charles Cross, which is what I actually have going in my mock. But it's just one of those things where I know the Giants are really high on Charles Cross, but it's just one of those things where it's closer to 50-50 to me than betting this right now. So I'm not betting. If I had to pick one, I would say over 4.5. You see the line is at four, or the line is at 4.5 at Barstool and 5.5 on DraftKings. So you know, be careful there. But yeah, this is not one that I'm betting yet until we get more information on uh, where Neil is supposed to be selected. I'm kind of surprised that uh, the market has uh, and has had really uh, Iki Ikwanwu going to the Texans over Evan Neal. And, and Ikwanwu is the next person I'll talk about because the line there or the player prop there is 4.5 on DraftKings, 3.5 on BetMGM and 3.5 on Barstool. I specifically like that DraftKings line because the 4.5 allows Icky to go to the Jets, which I definitely think the Jets are strongly considering uh, Icky Ikwanwu. Now, I have them going Kayvon Thibodeau in my mock, but Thibodeau might go second to the Lions. Thibodeau might go fourth to the Jets as well, but everything that I'm reading says that the Jets are choosing between Icky Ikwanwu and Kayvon Thibodeau. And if Thibodeau is not there, then you would think that the pick is going to be Iki Ikwanwu. And, Thib- and Ikwanwu also might go to the Texans at three. So to me, this is one that I am betting on. I actually already have. I've bet $20 on the under. Uh, he's going to be picked before 
pick 4.5, which is the player prop at DraftKings. Charles Cross, that is another one that I've bet on. It's another $20 rager. Uh, and this is a bar stool bet right here. The player prop is 7.5 for Charles Cross. I think that Cross could be taken by the Giants at pick five. And I also think that he could be taken at pick six by the Panthers because you can envision a scenario where maybe Evan Neal and Ike Aquanu are both gone by the Giants pick or by the Panthers pick. And then Charles Cross is the only remaining offensive lineman out of the big three or out of the top three, if you will. It's more like a big four because I'll throw pinning in there before the drop off. But but out of the top three offensive linemen uh, in this class, you could see the Giants picking Charles Cross or the Panthers picking uh, Charles Cross at six because he's the last remaining. And even if he's not the last remaining, it's possible that the Panthers and Giants may have a higher grade on Charles Cross than somebody like Evan Neal. And that's what I kind of have going in my mock right now where both Evan Neal and Charles Cross are available for the Giants at pick five. And I have the Giants taking Charles Cross. So yes, barstool line at um, or the prop is at 7.5. It's actually 7.5 everywhere I've seen. But Barstool has the best odds. If you, It's plus 108 if you bet the under. So I like Charles Cross the under on Barstool. Uh, the prop is 7.5 at plus 108. Um, and Trevor Pinning is another bet that I have made. I've actually put $40 on this bet. So it's a pretty large wager for me. It doesn't sound like I, I, I bet a lot of money, but I will bet a lot more or higher stakes closer to the draft. But right now, because I, I do think it's a little early still, but right now, Trevor Pinning, I've placed $40. Uh, the juice is on the under of 16.5. That's the prop 16.5, but the juice is minus 150 on the under. But nevertheless, I bet it anyway, because I I just think that uh, Trevor Penning is going to, I mean, 16.5, having the Saints included in there at pick 16, that's big time right there. Because I don't think Trevor Penning's getting past the Saints if they keep their pick at 16. So that's big time. But also the Ravens, where I have Penning going in my mock right now, he's a perfect fit for the Ravens. Penning is one of those aggressive mauling run blocker types. So he's going to fit in well with a team who loves to run the ball, like the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so Penning, they need, desperately need an offensive tackle as well. Uh, at 14, he could go to the Baltimore Ravens. I think Penning could also go nine to the Seahawks. That's probably his ceiling, I should say. But either way, I don't see Penning getting to what would it have to be 17 to the Chargers. Now that's the where that's why this line is where it is right now because the Chargers are almost a sure thing to take Trevor Penning if he is available. But I think that he's not going to be available for the Chargers at 17. So I am betting. I have bet the under. Uh, $40 on the under, minus 150 for the player prop of 16.5. He's going to be picked before 16.5, in my opinion. And Tyler Linderbaum. I'm betting a lot of offensive linemen, I'm realizing. But Linderbaum is another bet that I've made. I've made, I've made I bet $30 on the over for Linderbaum on DraftKings. The over of 27.5 is the prop. Look, Linderbaum's a really good player, but I'm struggling to find a fit for him. Uh, he's kind of a zone-blocking center. So you need a team that runs a zone-block scheme often and you need a team that's okay with his size and you need a team that's that needs a center specifically because that's what he plays it can't just be like a guard where you start two of them or a tackle where you start two of them it's a center you only start one center you need a team that needs a center and preferably a zone blocking team and a team that's okay with him being undersized now Linderbaum was amazing in college and a lot of teams like him a lot but from what I understand more teams have second round grades on Linderbaum than they do have first grades on Linderbaum and if we're looking at kind of team matches here, my favorite team match in the first round is probably Cincinnati at 31. 
but that is after pick 27.5. The sportsbooks think Linderbaum is going to go much higher in the draft than I do. And by higher, I mean earlier in the draft. So I'm trying to place why they would set the prop at 27.5. And the teams that I'm kind of coming up with near that range that are prior to that pick are Dallas at 24, which I could see, but they haven't even met with him yet. And Dallas does tend to draft players that they've met with, but they they do also have a, a history of picking the best available player at that position, not just the center position, but the but at the, at that player's respective position in the draft class. You think like you think of their past first round picks, like Ezekiel Elliott was the best running back in the class. CeeDee Lamb, best receiver in the class. Micah Parsons last year, best linebacker in that draft class. Mo Claiborne a lot of, uh, a while ago, best cornerback uh, in that class. Tyrone Smith, best offensive tackle in that class. Zach Martin, best guard. And Travis Frederick, best center. So a lot of Dallas's picks are the best avail- best player in that draft class at their respective position. Uh, so Linderbaum would fit the mold here because he is clearly the best center in the class. But Dallas all- arguably is a bigger needed offensive guard. They also want a receiver. Jerry Jones has talked about wanting to trade up in the draft. So so I don't know about, he's definitely a prospect. He, Tyler Lindebaum will be on my short list for Dallas, but I don't necessarily see that being the pick, you know, enough to where I wouldn't feel more comfortable betting the uh, the over, as in Tyler Linderbaum gets selected after um, pick 27.5. And a big reason for that is, honestly, I just don't see where else Linderbaum is going to be drafted. I, I'm not. I'm looking at all these teams and I'm, uh, that are picking in the 20s that are ahead of 27.5, and Dallas is kind of the best one that I've come up with. And even that, I think it's kind of a low, they might consider other options. So that is why I've put, uh, I think, $30 it was on Tyler Linderbaum being drafted after pick 27.5. There's a little bit of juice on the over. It's it's minus 105. So let's move to the defensive side of the ball now. We're looking at defensive linemen. Uh, Trevon Walker, his player prop is 3.5 right now uh, with a lot of juice on the under because Walker could be the first overall pick. I mean, there's a big debate right now about whether Walker will be the first overall pick. And there's there's disconnect within the organization of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, we're all very surprised there. But it seems like, based on what I've gathered, that the general manager, Trent Baalke, wants Walker to be the pick. And he's leaning towards Walker. But, but the head coach has basically come out and said, Doug Peterson come out and said that he would prefer an offensive tackle there. So like Iki Kwanwu has been linked to the Jaguars. And then also the fans in the scouting department would like the team to take Aiden Hutchinson, who is the safer pick for a team that, you know, really just needs to hit on this pick. Walker's more of like an athletic project who has very, very um, a high ceiling based on his athletic traits, but he's not quite the football player that uh, by all accounts or by most accounts that Aiden Hutchinson is right now. So that's kind of where the Jaguars are standing right now. Uh, Trevon Walker could go his highest pick one, could be the first pick of, uh, overall. He could go to the Lions at two if the Jaguars decide to take Aiden Hutchinson. And he could go to the Texans at three. If I don't think the Texans expected Walker to be available. And if they decide that, hey, we need a defensive, uh, a, a pass rusher more than we need an offensive lineman, the Texans could elect to bypass uh, Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu and maybe take an offensive tackle like Trevor Penning uh, with their pick at 13 
and they may decide to take uh, Trevon Walker at three. So that is why all the juice is on the under right now. But I could also see the Texans, you know, passing on Walker. And you could also see the Lions going Kayvon Thibodeau, who we're going to talk about in a second, because his, actually we'll talk about it right now, his his odds have increased substantially to be the second overall pick. It was one of the biggest moves in all of the in all of the betting market. The sports books yesterday was that Kayvon Thibodeau all of a sudden out of nowhere on all the books became the the favorite to go number two overall to the Detroit Lions. And I think that it has a lot of ramifications because I think it's also kind of instilling more confidence that Aiden Hutchinson is going to go number one to the Jags because if Aiden Hutchinson is on the board for Detroit, they are not going to they are very very likely not going to take Kayvon Thibodeau. So they're going to t- they're going to sprint to the podium and take Aiden Hutchinson. So I think the fact that all of these sports books decided, hey, now Kayvon Thibodeau is the favorite for pick two, that would kind of make me lean towards Hutchinson's going to be the number one overall pick. But it's not something I'm really comfortable betting on yet for the number one overall pick. But at the same time, I'm also not comfortable betting on Walker or Kayvon Thibodeau. I think I think Hutchinson, Walker, and Thibodeau. Um, you have a situation where the first overall pick is undecided with with Walker and Hutchinson disconnect in the in the front office and then you have a situation in Detroit at number two where you may see Walker be the pick at number two you may see Thibodeau be the pick at number two if Hutchinson's taken number one but if Hutchinson's not taken number one then they're probably going to take Hutchinson and then at pick three you have a situation where the Texans would probably consider Trevon Walker and definitely would take Aiden Hutchinson if available but probably I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau is a fit for the Texans at three based on what I'm reading and understanding here So then you have the Jets at pick four, who Kayvon Thibodeau is also the favorite for. But if Walker's available, which I don't think they expected to be, they may take Trevon Walker there. So it's really a tough situation to kind of predict where these defensive ends, Hutchinson, Walker, and Thibodeau are going. But it seems like we're going to get three within the first four picks. So if I had to predict where Kayvon Thibodeau is going to go, I would say under the the draft prop of 5.5. But again, that's a lot of juice. It's at minus 225 on DraftKings, minus 200 on BetMGM. That's a lot of juice to put on there. And I just think, you know, with Kayvon Thibodeau's kind of personality concerns that some teams reportedly may have uh, with his combine interviews, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks, a lot of variables here to be betting on the pass rushers right now. So I am passing. The next player prop for defensive ends is Jermaine Johnson out of FSU. It's uh, on DraftKings. It's 9.5 right now. And Barstool is also 9.5 with juice on the under. So he's likely going to be a top 10 pick. uh, And I kind of agree with that. But the 9.5 is interesting because the Jets have been really in on Jermaine Johnson. They've been doing a lot of homework on Jermaine Johnson. If they don't take a pass rusher at four, I think that Jermaine Johnson would likely be the pick if available at pick 10. And you'll notice that this player props at 9.5. So that's significant there. So that would mean he would have to be, in order for this to hit the under, you'd have to be picked by the Falcons at eight, which is definitely a possibility. I mentioned their pass rushing concerns uh, earlier in this podcast, but also the Giants may be at seven if they want to take Jermaine Johnson there. Um, And I also think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that if 
Kayvon Thibodeau is picked second and Trayvon Walker is picked third, or even if Walker's not picked third, that the Jets could actually take Jermaine Johnson to pick four overall. He's kind of a dark horse for that pick, but I could definitely see it being kind of a surprise there. So ultimately, I'm probably, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not really comfortable in betting uh, Jermaine Johnson right now. I am comfortable in betting the next defensive end, which is George Karloftis uh, out of Purdue. I think that right now the draft prop is 18.5 on DraftKings and 17.5 on Caesars. This is not close to what I've been actually seeing uh, on mock drafts and what I've been reading about the teams interested in him. First of all, there are not a lot of teams that are openly, or that information is leaked that they are interested in him. There's also not a lot of total fits there. He's He's kind of a player that, you know, a lot of these teams in the 20s are not really taking pass rushers. So, and going in the teens at 18.5, I think that they're maybe assuming that the Eagles may take him. The Eagles pick 15th and uh, 18th, and they kind of have kind of have a need at defensive end. But to me, this player prop doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I personally would, if I had to make this prop myself, it would definitely be in the 20s. So this is a bet that I've already put $30 on the over of 18.5. Uh, right now, I have Karloft is going to the Titans at 26 in my mock, but it's at different points at various points. I've had Karloft is going to the Chiefs at 28. I mean, sorry, at 29, excuse me, to the Bengals at 31. So yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Karloftis being taken. I mean, I do foresee Karloftis being taken after pick 18.5. So this is something I would bet uh, that he's going to pick after over 18.5. And as far as the bets for Boye Mafe, which in, in Arnold... Epicady, uh, their draft props are both kind of around pick 30 right now. That's just not something I'm really comfortable betting right now. I'm not really sure. I think I have Mafe. I moved Mafe in my mock as of right now to the Chiefs at pick 30. So it's kind of right on this draft prop. Uh, but the Chiefs, uh, ironically, this draft prop is at 29.5. And the player, if I had to say, if I had to place a bet on where Mafe goes, if he goes in round one, it would probably be the Chiefs. Well, guess what? The Chiefs have picked 29 and picked 30. And the prop is at 29.5. So who's to say which one? Who, if they decide to take Mafe, even if they do, which pick is it going to be at? So I don't know. So this, this is a tough, it's probably a well-slotted draft prop. Uh, Epicady, Arnold Epicady, I don't have him in my first round mock and I really never have And his, um, prop is 13, I mean, sorry, 31.5, but it's, this is a situation where I'm not betting it right now because I think he's right on the fringe of the first round and he's the type of athlete and it's at the a premium position pass rusher where, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, a team jumps back into the first round or a team towards the end of the first round, like, you know, the Bengals, for example, at 31, if they decide to take Epicady there or Mafe there. So I'm not really touching the Mafe or Epicady bets as of right now. So let's move to defensive tackle, which is Jordan Davis. Uh, his play, his draft pop everywhere. Uh, DK, uh, BetMGM, Caesars, Barstool is at 14.5 with pretty similar juice on the under for most spots, except for Caesars. Last I saw their juice was on the over. So if you do want to bet this, under, then you're going to want to go uh, to Caesars to do so. But I'm not really betting Jordan Davis yet. I think that this is a very accurate draft prop. This is probably exactly where I would put it myself. Uh, And that's because a lot of these teams right near 14.5 are looking 
uh, to draft Jordan Davis, in my opinion. And that is, I could see Jordan Davis's ceiling being the Minnesota Vikings at 12. I think that the Texans will definitely consider him at 13. I think that the Ravens will consider him at 14. And if they don't, then I think the Eagles will consider him at 15. The Saints at 16 and 19. The Chargers definitely have a need for defensive tackle and have been reportedly high on Davis and brought him in at 17. And then the Eagles pick again. And I think the Eagles, who have also brought him in for a visit and need a defensive tackle, uh, they also pick at 18. So literally, we're talking about picks 12, literally through 19 in a row all being in on Davis. And oh, by the way, the Steelers also reportedly very high on Davis as well. And they picked 20th. So yes, he could easily go before or after 14.5. I think it's a perfectly slotted draft prop by the books. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, other defensive tackle, uh, 29.5 is the draft prop. To me, if I had to bet this, I would pick um, over, but no one has a gun to my head. I don't have to bet this if I don't want to, but I would. I just moved Wyatt out of my mock because I learned of some domestic violence charges. Now, I don't. I haven't done the research yet to, to see how much evidence there is or what type of charge it was, but to me, that will probably scare teams maybe out of the first round. I had Wyatt going to the Chiefs at 30th, so he was already kind of a fringe first-round pick. I'm now kind of understanding why he's visiting with a lot of teams. A lot of, you know, just because a player visits with a lot of teams or they have a top 30 visit with a certain player, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have interest there. Teams draft players that they don't visit with all the time, but it usually means that they're more interested in interviewing a player. So if a team had, you know, they're trying to check his character concerns, uh, if they had a past crime that they want to ask him about, like for example, Wyatt, uh, if he is guilty or past accusation, or they were accused by a, a former teammate of being a bad teammate, then they'll bring in players like that uh, to kind of get to the bottom of it. Uh, injuries also, they bring teams in their facility to evaluate injuries with their own doctors. So those are some of the reasons that like you'll see players who are who are visiting, like having like, I don't know, like visiting 10 different teams with a private visit, as opposed to like other players who have only visited with like two teams on a private visit. So that kind of explains that. But Wyatt, pretty popular player, kind of making the rounds uh, around the league to different teams and now I'm starting to understand why so if I had to bet this and maybe I will it's a bet that I'm monitoring as I do more research I would pick over 29.5 as in he's probably not going to be drafted in the first round uh, for lack of better word um, or basically I should say um, but also you know even if he is and he's picked by the Chiefs for example it could be a pick 30 and that would be over 29.5 right there so again I haven't bet it yet but I am it's it's on the it's on the queue list I am considering it um, Devin Lloyd, let's move on to linebackers. Devin Lloyd, he is uh, going to be the first linebacker selected most likely. And this is another one where I'm kind of surprised at the player prop. And, and what I like to do is I like to kind of make my own player props for all of these. Like, where would I make them if I were, you know, working for the sports books and trying to take money from, uh, from betters? And to me, you know, Devin Lloyd, I already mentioned George Karloftis is, I would, his, his player prop was 18.5 and I put his in like in the mid twenties. So that's a, that's like a seven pick disparity there. And, and Devin Lloyd's another player where to me, I have a lot of differences of opinion on all of the sports book here. The, the 18.5 line. Yes, I have him going 21 in my mock, which is the Patriots, but I'm not really seeing a lot of teams that I would really slot Devin Lloyd into. 
to prior to pick 18.5. And, and surprisingly, the juice is actually on the under. So Vegas and the sportsbooks actually lean towards the under. So if I had to say Devin Lloyd's ceiling, it'd probably be Seattle at nine, but that would be a really, really surprising pick. In fact, I kind of think it's worth throwing a dollar on uh, and you can win like, I don't know, like 200 bucks or something like that, uh, just because I think it's that unlikely, but I do think it's worth a shot. But anyway, we'll talk more about those type of bets later. Today, we're on player props. I think his absolute ceiling is Seattle at nine. And other teams that might consider him, the Houston Texans at 13. But there's just going to be so much more talent on the board there. Uh, Maybe the Eagles at 15, but they just don't have a history of drafting linebackers. The Chargers need a linebacker at 17 badly, but they just traded up for Kenneth Murray uh, two years ago in the draft. And that's a lot of capital in that uh, in linebacker right there. So I don't know. A lot of the teams that I see being interested in Devin Lloyd and have a need at linebacker, which isn't a lot of teams, honestly, in the rest of the first round, are picking after 18.5. So this is a bet that I have made. I've bet $40 on Devin Lloyd being picked after um, 18.5. And again, this is an even bet. It's it's one at, it's at 100 right now. So I personally think that Devin Lloyd may go to the Patriots at 21. But if he doesn't, and they take someone like Trent McDuffie or Zion Johnson instead, uh, Devin Lloyd may fall to the Cowboys at 24. He may go to, I guess, the Titans at 26. Maybe the Chiefs. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough call, honestly. Uh, I, don't, I don't foresee a lot of teams being really inf- interested in Devin Lloyd. I think he's got a great personality from what I understand. The teams love him and he's interviewed extremely well, really smart football IQ, really smart player and checks all the boxes from like a personality standpoint. But I just don't, I think linebacker positions being de-emphasized and I'm just not seeing a lot of teams that are really going to fall in love with Devin Lloyd other than like the Patriots at 21. So to me, this is an over bet there. Uh, Nicobe Dean, other linebacker. Uh, this one's out of UGA. His uh, prop is at 28.5. If I had to bet this, I would bet the over. I'm, I'm really struggling to put Nicobe Dean in my first round mock. And it was kind of surprising to me this, this prop was, but also that he was invited to the NFL draft, which means that the NFL kind of expects him to go in round one, which was kind of, he was kind of probably the most surprising on the invite list out of all the players on the invite list. Because I just don't, I have never had Dean in my mock draft and I've made a million revisions. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, obviously, especially now, if he goes in the later portion of round one, maybe the, the Titans at 26 or the Chiefs, I guess. I don't know. I don't really think they need a linebacker that badly. Uh, maybe the Bengals or the Lions at 31, 32. But again, this would be, that would be after pick 28.5. So this is another one that's on the queue to where the juice is on the over at minus 130. But this is another one on the queue where I'm kind of leaning towards the over if I had to bet it, but I have not personally. Uh, one personal bet that I have made, though, is uh, moving on to safeties before we finish out with cornerbacks is uh, Tyler Hamilton, and that is uh, going over 10.5. Now, Barstool actually has this prop at 8.5, uh, but there's a lot more juice on the over. So it's like minus 225 on the over. So they're eventually going to change that uh, and put it more in line with DraftKings and BetMGM at in 10.5. But I think the over, which you can actually get, the juice is actually on the under 
of 10.5, which I think is fascinating. I, I strongly disagree there, and that's why I'm betting the over there. I think he's going to be drafted after pick 10.5. Look, Kyle Hamilton, he's another one of those players like Devin Lloyd where everyone seems to like his personality, but it's a devalued position, the safety position is. There aren't a lot of position linebacker and safeties going in the top 10 of the NFL draft really ever. And Kyle Hamilton... At one point, he was thought to go as high as pick two, but now, you know, he ran a slow 40, didn't test as well athletically as uh, a lot of teams maybe would have liked. And it's just the safety position, like even some of the best safeties and linebackers, for example, because it's kind of the same situation with Lloyd, but even some of the best safeties like Derwin James prospects have fallen in the draft. Like every now and then you'll get like a Jamal Adams going fifth, but was that, or sixth, but was that really a good pick? You know, like it's just a situation where safeties and linebackers, they tend to go um, after the media expects. And I think that Kyle Hamilton is going to, you know, the media is all talking about his fall and the sports books are remaining kind of consistent that he's going to be, I mean, they feel he's going to be a top 10 pick based on these numbers, but I do not. I think it wouldn't be surprising if the Jets who I do know like Kyle Hamilton, it wouldn't be surprising if they took him there at 10. And I also, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants did at seven, I guess. I, I don't know, maybe the Falcons at eight, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if those teams took him, particularly the Jets at 10, and then I would lose this bet. But to me, it's way more likely that Hamilton's going to go either to the Washington Commanders at 11, maybe to the Texans at 13. I could see uh, I could see Hamilton falling all the way to the Eagles or the Saints at 15 and 16. Um, I think that's actually more li- I think the chances of Hamilton being available at pick 15 to the Eagles before he's taken inevitably by them, if he is, I think those chances are greater than him being taken as a top 10 pick. So that's why I've made this bet and I've bet... Uh, I think it was like $30 or $40 on on betting the over on Hamilton at 10.5. So the other safety that's going around one is Daxton Hill, or probably going around one, I should say, because his draft prop is 29.5. I haven't made this bet yet because I feel this is right on, this is right where it should be. So I'm passing on this one, Daxton Hill. I think in my mock draft, I have him going to, I don't know, I could see him going to Tampa at 27. I could see him going to 31 at Kansas City, 32 at Detroit. That's where I had him for a long time. So yeah, 29.5 makes a lot of sense to me. I wouldn't touch that. So last position, we're going to talk about cornerbacks. And we'll start with Sauce Gardner. And his prop is 5.5 on DraftKings and BetMGM. It is 6.5 last time I checked on Caesars and Barstool. But heavy juice is on the under. And that's because I think a lot of these books expect the Giants to be taking Sauce Gardner at pick five. Now, I tend to disagree. I think that there'd be not a lot of reason for the Giants to take Sauce Gardner at pick five as opposed to an offensive lineman when even though I do believe that the Giants love Sauce Gardner, there's just not a big threat for the Carolina Panthers who are kind of sandwiched in between the Giants picks at five and seven to take Sauce Gardner. I do, they've already invested heavily in the cornerback position and they're pretty much set on quarterback or offensive tackle. It's one of the draft's worst kept secrets. So it's not even a secret. Like That's what's happening for the Panthers. So I don't consider Panthers the threat to take Sauce Gardner. In order for Gardner to be taken um, from the Giants at pick six, uh, I think that a team would have to trade up with the Panthers. Now, they certainly could do that. If the Panthers want to take like a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis and they want to move down to do so, to try to recoup the second and third round pick they don't have, then yeah, maybe they'll trade up uh, or trade down with a team who could move up to take Sauce Gardner. But 
I personally think that the Giants have a better argument for just drafting their highest rated offensive tackle so that the Panthers, if they decide not to go quarterback and they need an offensive tackle badly and they decide to take an offensive tackle so that they can, the Giants can feel more comfortable about getting their top rated offensive tackle to make sure that the Panthers don't steal them. Now, you can certainly make the argument that maybe the Giants have both like Evan Neal and Charles Cross, for example, like really even on their board. So you may as well take Sauce Gardner at five to prevent the risk of a trade. And that way you end up with either either Evan Neal or Charles Cross or both available to you at pick seven. And you can make that pick anyway. But it's not even a guarantee that the Giants would take Sauce Gardner. Like maybe Trayvon Walker's on the board. Like we, we just don't know. Maybe Thibodeau's on the board. We just don't really know. So... I, while I do have Sauce Gardner going to the Giants in my in, in my mock draft right now, and I have for uh, quite some time, I have it right now at pick seven as opposed to pick five. I can be convinced either way, but because the juice is on the under, I think that the over is actually a better bet here, but it's not one that I've personally made myself. But I, I if I had to, again, that's what I would do. Uh, Stingley, Derek Stingley, his draft prop is 11.5. It's gone down in the past couple of weeks from 12. The Vikings are the favorite to get Stingley at pick 12, but now there's a lot of Stingley buzz that he might go in the top 10 to maybe a team. I'm not really sure to who, actually. That's kind of the confusing part about Stingley's uh, top 10 buzz is that I'm not really linking him with any teams. Maybe the Seahawks at 9? That would be my best bet. If if you were to tell me that Singley did go in the top 10, we were looking at hindsight, I would guess that it would be to the Seahawks at nine. But I think it's more Vegas just kind of assuming, or the sportsbook's assuming Singley's good enough to be a top 10 pick and somebody will trade out for him, maybe a few spots. So maybe a team like the Eagles, for example, will move up to the Seahawks spot. And we know that a lot of these teams in the top 10 want to trade down. We know that the Panthers want to trade down from six. We know that the Giants want to trade down from seven. We know that the Falcons and the Seahawks might consider trading down. So I think that's more about what it is. And the heavy juice is on the under right now, under 11.5. At Barstool, the the prop is 10.5 for Stingley. Uh, So to me... I think that, I don't know, I have Stingley either going to the Seahawks at 9, the Washington Commanders at 11, or the Vikings at 12. And and the absolute floor would be the Texans at 13. But that's kind of what my range of Stingley, that 9 to 13. So I'm not really betting this 11.5, this 10.5 prop right now. Um, two more to get to. We have Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington right now. I have made a bet on both of these next players that I'm going to talk about, McDuffie and Andrew Booth. For McDuffie, the the player prop is at 17.5 uh, on DraftKings and 16.5 on BetMGM. I personally bet it on DraftKings because there's um, it's minus 1.5 for the over as opposed to one uh, minus one twenty-five. So to me, I, this is a, this is another bet like Karloff just like Devin Lloyd, where I just kind of disagree altogether of with the with the draft prop. It's it's a prop that's very far from the prop that I would personally make with McDuffie, which is around I don't know I, I shouldn't say very far, but it's a few spots away. I personally would put the the prop closer to the Patriots pick at twenty-one. I would maybe do like twenty point five for McDuffie. 
Um, I do think that the Patriots are a strong, strong chance that McDuffie's there, that he's going to end up being a New England Patriot. But again, they're all the way at 21 and this props at 17.5. So we're looking at teams that are going to potentially draft McDuffie prior to that pick. And 17.5, I don't know. I don't see the, the Chargers drafting McDuffie because they invested in cornerback already and when J.C. Jackson, and they just have other needs like offensive tackle, wide receiver, defensive tackle. Uh, the Saints uh, at 16, again, look, they've been interested in corners in the past. Wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers or Saints took a corner, but they just have more pressing needs like wide receiver, quarterback, offensive tackle. Uh, the Eagles could definitely take McDuffie, especially if the receiver they, they want isn't available. But I think that the Eagles know that the, rece- the top five receivers are not going to be available by pick 18. So even though I have McDuffie going to the Eagles at 18, so you would think I wouldn't bet this because the line is, or the prop is at 16.5, 17.5 range. Um, I just don't think that the Eagles are going to take McDuffie at 15. I think other players will either fall to the Eagles, like Kyle Hamilton, that'll be too pa- too good to pass up, or Jordan Davis maybe, or just or they just won't want to risk a receiver falling for, to them at pick 18 because all the receivers, the top five receivers in the class, may be gone by pick 18. And I think they probably will be. So to me, this is a, I, I'm betting Trent McDuffie over. Uh, 17.5 and 16.5. Uh, but I think that the better, the less juice was on the was on the DraftKings bet. So the last corner, last player prop bet is Andrew Booth uh, at, and I'm betting over the player the draft prop of 26.5. Now they're putting it right here because Booth, you know, premium position. A couple of teams in the 20s need cornerbacks. The Cardinals at 23, for example. The Bills at 25. The Patriots at 21. The you could make an argument the Bucks at 27, the Chiefs at 29, 30. So in the Bengals definitely at 31. So in the in the Lions at 32. So yeah, a lot of teams in this area need cornerback, but I think that Andrew Booth is going to slide a little in the draft because I think that there's a a med, I think he's going to be medically flagged by some teams. Andrew Booth had multiple surgeries uh, recently, uh, one this offseason on the sports hernia surgery. I think teams are going to be worried and concerned about his durability, and he's going to be kind of red flagged by certain teams. And I also think Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie are going to be taken in this range, maybe ahead of Andrew Booth. So there's other options there if teams do want to explore or teams do want to force a cornerback there. So to me, Andrew Booth's more of a second round pick, and this draft props at 26.5. Now, will I be surprised if this bet loses? And- and you know the Bills take him at 25. No, of course not. In fact, if I that's the one thing I'm really worried about for this for this is that the Buffalo Bills kind of ruined this for me and they take Andrew Booth at 25 when the draft props 26 and I'm betting the over. So, but I've only put that's why I've only put like $20 on. And that will conclude that will do it. So, I hope that's been helpful. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that we are able to make some money. All right, that'll conclude today's episode. My mock draft is being updated daily on fantasylawguy.com. Next episode, I'll be recording next week, a few episodes during the week of the draft, of course, and we're going to be talking more about draft bets. We're going to be talking about mocking the draft. It's going to be awesome. If you enjoyed today's show, tell all your friends, hit the subscribe button, give us a positive rating or review. You can always hit me up for any questions on at fantasylawguy on Twitter. Uh, I would I really appreciate all that interaction and all those positive ratings. Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. See ya.